Welcome to another week of Good to Game Radio, where Tony, Clint, and myself um will be alongside of a very special guest, uh, Paige. Uh, we'll be talking about uh Suicide Squad, Scarlett Johansson uh suing Disney, uh the new Marvel show What If on Disney Plus, uh Apex, and what game coming up will dethrone War Zones Battle Royale? Will it be Battlefield or will it be Halo? Stay tuned, find out. Hi, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. I'm your host, Tony Speaking. Again with me tonight is Vance and Clint, but also in studio, we have a very special guest, Paige, joining us tonight. So, let's get right into it. Vance, how's it going? It's going. It is It is going. Um, it seems like, a, you know, like, um, I don't know, with our company, it's been a plague of Lost, so it's going, it's going. <laughs> nice use of word, plague. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clint, how about you? How's it going today, dude? I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. I've been up since uh, three thirty in the morning, and considering it's uh, one a.m. as we record this, it's uh, been a long one, man. Three <laughs> thirty in the morning is that because one you worked or two uh, you were playing Civilization? Uh no, I had to drive a family member to the airport. You know, like a, like wow. a s- supportive. Uh, you know, yeah, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow, a little family support. You know. Yeah, I'm just happy to have my guest bedroom, uh, my guest uh, bathroom back, man. <laughs> Clint's been getting a taste of what it's like to kind of be a, a, a head of household or a family man the last couple of weeks, uh, but now he's returned back to his uh, his uh, his no life life. i I don't even know how you guys do it every day man like someone being there all the time i love i love my family i love that they were here i had so much fun with them but god like i missed my couch dude like so much it's just nice to loaf (laughs) (laughs) ah you get used to it man just your your underwear i'm assuming too right yeah (laughs) I'll do you a favor. I won't tilt the webcam further than necessary. Okay. Yeah, but we gotta try to get kicked that. off the kicked off the air. <laughs> Hold on. I'll, I'll uh, here. I, the, these are my pants, guys. You can see it on the webcam. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I for the donations to come in first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I will. I will. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Show a little skin if the uh, if the money's right, guys. Okay. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Mm, selling right. the soul. <laughs> capitalism, baby. Yeah, capitalism. <laughs> All right. To the, our guest, Paige. Welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on board. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Why don't you, Welcome, uh, uh, why don't you give us a little background on yourself? Uh, a little background on myself. Um, besides just being just a huge movie buff, really just love everything that has to do with like... Uh, how movies are made, how like movies are created, like from start from start all the way to pre-production, all the way from 
uh, post-production. Uh, I've actually had a little handle in doing stuff like that. So that's kind of like where my background is, especially when it comes to like filmography and like photography. Uh, besides all that, just streaming, video games, shout out to my two uh, consistent viewers. Much love. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, just living life, watching movies and doing what I do best, drinking. Awesome. Welcome aboard. Like I said, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Should we mention that uh, uh, Paige is here uh, because last week I called out Tony really hard, really hard, that somebody texted me out of the blue with no precursor to tell me what kind of trash the new Suicide Squad movie is. And I called him out on it without warning on the podcast. And uh, and then, of course, uh, Paige invited me to watch it. And uh, Paige is, is on here to tell me how I was wrong to assume it was trash and how my friend was wrong uh, to, to text me that it was trash <laughs> and to inform our listeners a little bit about the movie. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, you, I his movie credentials are relevant. I cannot wait to jump into this because he was telling me about like this guy's like, oh, yeah, no, the movie's trash start to finish. Don't even know how I actually finished it because the movie's terrible. And I'm just and I like me watching the actual first Suicide Squad and then watching this Suicide Squad. It is literally night and day. So I, I'm actually pretty excited to talk about this. <laughs> You know, I didn't. I actually did not finish the first Suicide Squad because it was that horrendously bad. It's one of like five movies ever that I had intended to watch and started watching it and just turned it off because I couldn't stand it. So, right. Well, uh, you'll hear you'll hear about the next one, uh, the Suicide Squad twenty twenty one release uh, in tonight's episode. Right. Amy and I have memberships uh, to the AMC uh, Movie Club, basically the A list uh, membership where you get the three movies per week. Ooh. Uh, for twenty dollars a month, you know you get to go and uh, watch three movies a week. It's really convenient. It's an awesome little perk to have. And you know we go on Thursday nights, which is usually the premiere of most uh, new movies. Uh, we we make that our movie night. So we uh, I told Amy, hey, book us for Suicide Squad. And um, we didn't really know much about. It. I had never seen the first movie, Suicide Squad, but we did watch. Birds of Prey, which had, uh, which was Harley Quinn's feature film mm-hmm. that came out, I think last year. I liked that. It wasn't the greatest movie, but I, I did like it. So, uh, we we booked up for Suicide Squad. We went. Uh, didn't know anything about it. You know, I tried not to watch any reviews or any uh, opinion pieces uh, before going into the movies and watched it. I absolutely loved it. Now Amy was kind of like scratching her head. You know, she's like. I have no idea about these people. She's not a comic book fan. She's not into superheroes, you know, that much. Uh, She does enjoy a good movie, and and she enjoyed the movie. Uh, I just uh, I thought it was fantastic. I immediately, you know, posted on Facebook, "Hey, this is a must-watch, amazing movie," and um, put it out there for everybody to see. And I told Clint that we needed to go watch it, but then kind of work got in the way. We weren't able to go see it, and then Paige stepped in. And, uh, and 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 took your hand, Clint. And I can't believe, <laughs> I cannot believe that you took the advice of he who shall not be named. Can't be. Can't be named. <laughs> can't be named. And you took his advice. You even gave him one iota of credibility about when it came to this movie. Would you know, <laughs> I know that you like Quentin, Quentin Tarantino-type movies. 
And this is it's not a Quentin Tarantino movie, but hey. it's very close <laughs> to the same style hey. of okay. filmmaking. I, I, feel. I will say, he who must not be named did actually give a good reference yesterday. We were sitting there talking, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, hey, by the way, if you haven't seen Titans, you should check it out. And I've already, I'm already done with season one. I flew through that first season because it's that good, but throw it back to uh, Suicide Squad. So um, you went, you, you and, and Paige were able to sit down and, and watch the movie on HBO Max, right, the other night? And uh, tell us, Clint, what, what is your opinion? One, should, before we get all the way into it, should we uh, throw the little spoiler alert up there, Tony? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Everybody knows that. We love to spoil everything on this show. But we'll give you a little bit of warning in this case um, that you know, we are going to really, really spoil this movie. So if you haven't seen it, I've seen might, half hey, of we'll this is next, not the podcast for you. We'll catch you in the next yeah. episode, okay? Uh, right. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a spoiler full episode on Suicide Squad uh, from James Gunn. All right, take it away, Clint, your opinion. All right, my, my one word review of. Uh... Suicide Squad, 20, 2021. <laughs> the dreaded one-word review from Clint. Okay, here we go. My one-word review. Fun. It's, it's kind of a fun movie, you know? Like, uh, it was a lot better than the first one, which I couldn't, uh, couldn't actually watch. Uh, this one was... It kind of had a purpose in what it was doing. And the other one absolutely did not, in my opinion. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought like the, uh, dialogue and stuff like that was, was like, especially with John Cena and Idris Elba. Um, uh, I thought that was kind of, uh, fun. And, uh, I don't know. I think overall, like it was a watchable movie and I enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely not my favorite movie. Uh, I'll probably never watch it again. But I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was it was it was it was like an acceptable movie. But yeah, I guess I liked it. All right, well, it's better than trash. I brought the I brought the uh, expert with me to uh, talk about why it's awesome. Paige, why is it awesome? Okay, so I think what I liked about this Suicide Squad is it actually paid homage to just a ton of just like comic book references, like from start all the way to finish. To be quite honest, I don't even exactly know if this is just kind of like a reboot of the series or if it is actually like Suicide Squad 2, only because you do still see um, Flag, um, the exact same character, uh, Viola Davis still playing Amanda Waller. Um, but, I mean, I'm would like to call it two, but I think it would actually be more considered of like a reboot only because you're using, you're still using some of the same characters that actually fit really well with the role that they're playing. But when it came to like the goriness of the, like the, the actual goriness of the movie, because obviously with hero movies, you're not exactly going to get all of that goriness. But when it comes to anti-hero, obviously all that is just out the door. You, you saw a lot of that with like Deadpool. Obviously, he's this anti-hero who is trying to do good, but at the same time, he's also literally just killing anybody who he can just to try and get what he's trying to do done. Um, but 
yeah, no, this movie from start to finish, it actually kind of like really drawed me in, especially within like the first, I think it's the first like 15 minutes of the movie. You see this huge setup of like these characters, like you said, Weasel and um, Flag yeah, Pete, and Quinn, all these people. Yeah, Pete Davidson, um, storm, like storming the beach. You see like them flying in, storm the beach. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, one person just drowned and then they're storming the beach and then someone else just got shot in the face and then everybody's just everybody on that beach just dies. Besides, I mean, besides Flag and Quinn, but and then it's like, oh, <laughs> team and then team two because <laughs> the team because the second team had no idea that they were at team one was actually like the diversion on the beach. So, right. It's a very it's a very, <laughs> a very strong hook. It caught me off guard, you know, man. They're really going to kill everybody in the first five minutes. Like everybody's going to die. Obviously Harley Quinn's not going to die, but they're all dying. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I told Paige. It's going to be, I'm, I'm I, assuming there's going to be a flashback to some point, but, I, uh, but when they showed that, you know, the actual, the suicide squad, you know, team two, <laughs> I was like, nice, very nice. Hey, I told hey, Paige. You got the guy with the arms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, TD, uh, TDK, the, the detachable kid. His name I love detachable <laughs> kid. And what does that mean? Billion. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, well, that... Billion detaching his arms and then just moving his shoulders to just like slap these people. At least pick up a gun or do something. But he's you know he's just like slapping them in the face and like punch some dude in the head. Oh man. I told Paige that when that weasel was has had drowned and but you didn't know he was dead yet. Uh, I told Paige, I'm like, it would actually be really funny if he was just dead. I'm like, I don't think they're going to do it. But if he's just dead right at the start, that's hilarious. And then, of course, he's dead. And then Pete Davidson gets shot in the head. And I was like, I wonder what Pete Davidson's uh, like special ability is going to be or whatever, you know? Uh, like, they bait and switched us being, really well at the start. Special ability is being bait. <laughs> yeah. That version. Yeah, that was great. Uh, it was a great uh, opening to the movie. It just... You knew right away that this was going to be hilariously grotesque. I mean, because the he threw uh, Captain Boomerang through that boomerang and he's cutting dudes top their heads off and you know it's giving all that gore and stuff. You know, I, I don't, I personally don't particularly enjoy really really gory movies, uh, but I didn't, I didn't feel like the gore in this was uh, making it where I didn't want to watch it. I, I felt like it fit like a comic book kind of stuff like the scene where um, King Shark rips the dude in half and it kind of pauses and you know with the, like the lighting in the background and stuff that's a straight mm -hmm. out of, that's a straight out of a comic book uh, uh, panel you know so the the artistry was with a lot of the stuff was uh was pretty cool oh sorry I was just gonna say like the illusion of like the first like 15 minutes of the movie was like here we were presenting this team to you and then they storm the beach and it's like yeah, they're facing all these, like, this huge security team. And they started out as, like, they presented, like, everything's going to be okay. They're going to make it. They're going to make it through this. They're going to find a way through this somehow. And then one thing after another, everything just starts going literally downhill. And it's like, how far down the hill can you get before you're just like, mm, maybe this is too much. And they never, they, I don't think they crossed that line of, like, man, this is too much. I think they actually did it, like, perfectly to where... You saw one person die, and you saw another person die in an epic, like both all in epic ways. Like one person got ch chopped up with a helicopter blade. One person 
like the the TDK, his arms just kept getting shot. And he's just sitting there withering it, like withering, withering in pain on the beach, and he's just like screaming bloody murder. So I just thought it was, I thought each one of their deaths was actually really well executed, and it wasn't exactly like drawn out. I liked uh, fast forward a little bit from that point, and you're getting introduced to the uh, to the squad, right? And John Cena. Shortly after we meet him, he's uh, what is he called? Liberty something or other. What's his name in the movie? Peacemaker. He loves liberty or peace so much that uh, he doesn't care how many man, women, or children he has to kill to to for peace. There's, you know, it's just like a detachment from reality, and that's uh, what the movie was the entire time. What's so funny about the line? what we perceive to be an over-the-top statement. But if you really look into the statement, how true that statement right. is. You know, in our modern times, people don't come out and say that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. they will take action that is reflective of that, mm-hmm. that statement. I think, I think that is definitely kind of a mirror of, our, of, a, 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 of a real life, smartly done by the director. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause I mean, like, uh, what's that movie called? I think it's called American Sniper, uh, with um, not Bradley Cooper, is it? Yeah, it's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're Bradley Cooper. But I think one of the shots he has to take is, you know, he has to shoot the kid with like that. Cause I think the kid might be, you know, helping the enemy with like that. But like you were saying, you know, Tony, uh, you know, <laughs> men, women, and children. But you know, like if you you know, talk to, you know, guys like, hey, man, sometimes, you know, now you got to shoot a kid, but you don't know if that kid is friend or foe, you know, but I got to get home. <laughs> right. So uh, what what was your favorite scene in the movie, Paige? Favorite scene in the movie. Man, it's kind of a tough one. I, I actually have a couple from like a cinematic view. Whenever they're actually walking up to um, Jotunheim, and you just see like this rain pouring, but then everything is actually like washed out with light, but you can still see the rain. And then they, they kind of almost just like walk through the rain as like this squad. And then everything, they just, they just jump right into like the battle. That scene was actually like the introduction to that scene was actually really cool. Uh, but the scene where Bloodsport and uh, Peacemaker walk into the camp and they're basically trying to one up each other of like, how epic of a kill they can get uh, that, the the start of that scene was like cool you see um yeah king shark he you, you just see him just swallow this guy and then all of a sudden bloodsport and uh peacemaker are just going at it that scene was actually my favorite and then also my least favorite because peacemaker ended up getting this really cool kill it's where he pointed his gun behind on like he rested on his shoulder pointed behind shot this guy and Bloodsport's like non-lethal kill, but Peacemaker's like uh, exploding bullets. Peace, and then Bloodsport's like no one likes to show off. And then Chauncey is like unless uh, unless what you're showing off is cool as blah 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 blah. That that scene where he says that, and then Idris Elba kind of turns around and says, "Bright." I hate it like that. That like line right there. I don't feel like was delivered properly but i mean i understood like what he's trying to do is like yeah what he just said was right but <laughs> it, it was really cool what he had done right like yeah i that was actually gonna probably be the one i was gonna say too like because it's like still in the in their introduction hey vance are we going full spoilers for you or do you want us to hold back uh no nah, full spoilers full spoilers okay because we've already learned that like 
oh, you could hit every shot. You're trained in all sorts of special tactics and whatever for Idris Elba. That's why they want him to be the leader. The leader. And then uh, it's John Cena, and he has literally the exact same skill set, right? And it's like, okay, why is he here? He goes, well, because I'm better. And then you get to see this whole back and forth with them. Um, and then uh, your own little mini spoiler alert, Vance. Uh, definitely John Cena uh, spo- spoils it. Like he, uh, what is he? He betrays them. And he's uh, just looking out for the government and not, you know, what they find that need, you know, they want to expose or whatever. Uh, so it's like you got that little that little bit in the beginning where it's like, yeah, they're the exact same person. So why are they both here? It's like because they had different loyalties. Uh, but that time we got to see where they were kind of showing off to each other, uh, I thought was a, a really like fun part of it. And then, of course, they get into the tent and there's uh, whatever flag is there. And he's just having like tea or something because, and they just murdered all the good guys, you know, like <laughs> literally they murdered all the good guys. Just <laughs> like not even realizing. Why like didn't it. my team alert me? Hey, I turned that... them into my mother and I killed them. Hey, that was my favorite part when they when they found out. She's like, "Why did my team yeah. alert?" <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. they all got slaughtered too, you know? What I'm yeah, like just absolutely murdered every one of them, and they're showing off about it. And they walk into the tent, and they just killed all the good guys. <laughs> like mm. <laughs> that kind of like yeah. irreverence, you, you know? I you like really that. don't understand what he means by "I turned them into my mother and then I killed them" until you see that one scene to where they're actually asking him like. Um, about like why he has like this polka dot rash all over his skin, and he's and then they're like asking where his brothers and sisters are. He's like, some died, some are still alive, and then they're asking like, where's your mother? Because she's the one that turned him into what he is. Where's your mother? He's like, she's everywhere. And then they yeah. keep and they keep <laughs> flashbacking, like doing like this one perspective of like his mother being dressed as all these other characters, and it's. It's creepy and epic at the exact same time. I love what they did with a uh, uh, polka dot man and uh, <laughs> with his mother. Like every, every time you saw through his eyes, yeah, it was his mother everywhere. That was funny. Ain't kind of weird. And, yeah. Uh, everything just kind of made you un- kind of uncomfortable <laughs> with some of the jokes and stuff. Like, like the whole like you guys naming the scene, your favorite scene being the the the, the one upsmanship between Peacemaker and. Um, Bloodsport, uh, that's yeah. I put that up there as one of my favorite scenes, just because when they're done with it, you're just kind of like you laugh because it's so funny. But then you feel bad for laughing. <laughs> I'm like, man, what is wrong with me? I just I'm laughing at the fact that twenty good guys just died <laughs> yeah. at the hands of the good guys. They died in a really cool way, though, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) They died for showmanship. Right. (laughs) Uh, For showmanship, exactly. Um, But I got a couple other good uh, scenes that I I like to put up there. Uh, Probably my next favorite scene is the scene with Harley with the El Presidente, where he's just like lavishing, lavishing her with gifts and dinner and, you know, talking her up. And then he then he goes to do his monologue in the window about um you know now that he has the power that's what's within the the tower 
which is the ultimate <laughs> objective, what he's going to do with it. And he, she turns around and she shoots him dead. <laughs> and then she gives her explanation why. I love that scene because it caught me off yeah. guard when he turned around and she yeah. shot him. It showed how unpredictable she but, is, you know. Um, having an anti, you can't do that with regular heroes, right? Your traditional heroes. They're not going <laughs> to pull a gun out on somebody while they're got their back turned and as soon as they turn around right. just shoot them don't even give him a chance she pulled the trigger as soon as he turned around and uh, then watch him bleed out on the on and the she's board. like explaining it like i have to i have yeah. this bad history with boyfriends right she just like she's right. explaining it to this dead like dying man like she's really explaining it to herself right but right. uh but yeah. I, I um I, I love that scene but i think the scene that really differentiates how I feel about this particular movie versus, uh, we'll say, uh, you know, traditional hero movies like we're getting in Marvel and stuff like that, um, is the scene with Peacemaker. Peacemaker has just finished killing uh, Rick Flag, and normally, you might get a change of heart, right, from a character after he's seen what he's done, and he, and then he sees Ratcatcher Two, who's just in shock seeing that uh, what he has just done. So at that moment, I'm thinking, okay, is there, there's a change of heart there, you know, is peacemaker going to change what he's trying to do here? Instead, he's just like, no, I'm going to kill you too. And then he has her on that rock and is about to put a bullet in her head. And dude, I was literally on the edge of my seat during that scene because I really, really did not want him to kill her, right? I'm like, that's how much emotional attachment that I had for both these characters. One, not only did I not want Ratcatcher to die, because she's a great character. She's the heart of the squad, really. She's really the heart of the movie. Um, But Peacemaker, who's up to this point been a great character, right? You're like, hey, I like this guy. Great team, uh, team member, whatever. But now he's going to do this because he can't uh, get past his principles or whatever, or whatever he's promised to Waller. Uh, he's going to do this. And it's like you're seeing I mean, I'm about to see the death of a good, you know, the heart of the of the, the squad. And I'm, I'm seeing the death of what could have been a great character. But now there's no redemption. You know, I mean, there's always redemption, I guess. But, you know, for this for this period of time. Peacemaker is about to cross that final line and, and, and kill her. And then when they sh- when the lead up to go back in time and the lead to, to show the seven minutes before and how she's going to get out of that predicament, what I thought was pretty great storytelling where uh, Bloodsport is all of a sudden drops through the floor right there and, you know, and is able to save her. So I, I thought that was a really great scene. With that in that same part, like it's established that uh, John Cena is a show off, right? Like he's got the exploding bullets. Like he won the uh, the show off, you know, fight that they were having at the at the beginning, and then they take their shots, and uh, the bullet hits uh, Idris Elba's bullet hits the exploding bullet of John Cena, keeps going. So John Cena's bullet just explodes everywhere, and then. Uh, Idris Alba's uh, bullet hits John Cena, you know, to, like it was his hubris was his own downfall, 
right? That so was, was a ref- like that was yeah, that was a reference to the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Whenever they're talking about like, oh, I hit the bullet more in the center, and and Idris Elba's like, what do you mean more in the center? John Cena's like, smaller bullets. My bullet passes through yours without even hitting the wall, and <laughs> then that happens to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great callback to. I like seeing that sort of stuff. You see a lot of movies where they show you something at the beginning of a movie, or they mention something, and then they call back. I was talking to a friend yesterday when we were talking about once upon a time in Hollywood and the call back to the flamethrower with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, but great movie. Watch it. You'll, you'll see a great callback too in that movie uh, to that item. Anybody, any, any other, any other thoughts on uh suicide squad or anything that stood out to you? No, um, but I did like that part where Harley Quinn like escapes. And I forget who the two characters are, but they talk about, you know, going like, you know, we're here to rescue. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you want to go back in and, you know, you guys can go with your plan, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, it's funny. She, that, I thought that was beautiful, dude. Like, she's <laughs> like, and she was so touched that they yeah. were, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was cute. Another great, another great scene, her escape from being captured. That was, yeah. Yeah. Great scene. Um, who's who is your guys' favorite character? You know, Milton is up there. <laughs> There's a T-shirt coming. Milton is up there. Uh, Milton's a great character. He just, you know what? What was Milton gonna do? You know what? He was just he was there to support the team. He didn't have any powers, but you know what? He was there running right behind them, and all of a sudden, just. Rip Milton, but you know what? I th- was that? I was like, wait, who's Milton? Who's Milton? <laughs> I, I love that she was calling Peacekeeper Milton at the end. Like, we just had this whole conversation about this, and she was so sure of it. You know? Oh yeah, she's like, I I could be your friend, Milton. He's like, no, my name. <laughs> yeah, That's good. That's like, good. I think when it comes to like my favorite character. I honestly think it has to probably be King Shark. He's yeah. just a sweet. He he's he's honestly just a genuine character. Um, doesn't say yeah. much. He's the smart. He's the smartest one out of them all. He can read books. He can speak Spanish very quick. He can learn yeah. Spanish very quickly. <laughs> See, and he. I don't. I don't know. He he just wants everybody on the team to like him. And he's continually like, even when he's like the, the little the peacemaker doll, he or the explosive, he's like peacemaker, and he's like looks nothing like me. Yeah, Under the wall. <laughs> I think yeah. I think King I think King Shark. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, <laughs> I like him. Like you said, when when you was talking about you know like how um how genuine he is, and it just you know takes you back when they're in the camp, and they're like, hey, you know, so what are you doing? Well, I was hungry. You know, and it's like, and then she's like, "Would you eat your friends?" No. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but but like, so yeah, he's he's just genuine. You know, he's he's a shark. You know, he he does what a shark does. But yeah, definitely a good character. Good character. <laughs> yeah, sharks have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Clint? Who's your favorite character? I'm thinking. I like one thing. I, you know, I think the movie had like a a lot of enjoyable parts, but. I don't know. It seemed like 
it was a little all over the place. And I definitely thought, is she, is her character Rat Keeper? Is that what it is? Rat Catcher, Rat catcher too. Rat Catcher. Dude, uh, right. She <laughs> she did a lot to like hold the team together, kind of like you were saying or got alluded to Tony. And so I really liked that like that character and how she like gave them more direction and helped kind of pull them together. Uh, I don't know though. I think probably the peacekeeper character for me. Uh, just overall, I thought that was probably the character that I had the most fun watching it, uh, during it. Yeah, Vance, did you have a character that stood out for you other than, uh, or was Shark it? Uh, I liked the, uh, I don't know why, but I mean, like uh, the polka dot dude, he was like, oh, he's throwing polka dots at people, you know? And then he, you know, then when like, uh, I mean, that would freak me out. And, you know, you sitting there, you know, everybody's a camp and he's shedding his dots, you know? You're like, oh, like, yo, like, what's going on over there? And he just walks out, like, you know, nothing's happening. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the, you know, throw polka dots. I mean, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I like him. <laughs> yeah, dude, I almost wanted to pick him, too. I thought his character was pretty crazy. Like, and the fact that he was so mentally unwell, you know, as, as and he, we just kind of are watching him cope with that throughout it. And uh, how, at, when he's being introduced, they're like, what, is he, uh, he throw polka dots at people? Right. <laughs> and like, Sorry, just... my power is so flamboyant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I, I, that's a great character, Tony. What was your favorite, bud? Man, it's a tough choice. I mean, I like Harley Quinn. No, just the scene with her escaping and her shooting the El Presidente. I just thought that it encompassed both the good and bad. This how crazy she is, but also good. You know what I'm saying? Like you would have had to watch the uh, Birds of Prey the movie that she was in previously to kind of get uh, a look into the good side of her. But uh, in, in this, they, I thought they did uh, a decent job showing how crazy she is and don't, don't mess with kids. So a good anti-hero for sure. Uh, and Milton, you know, <laughs> I, I saw a, a Twitter, uh, I was uh, reading some Twitter feeds on it and one guy made a, a comment about it, uh, about watching the movie, and he, his statement was, the most tough hero in the whole movie was Milton. He he charged Jotunheim in sandals and a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is geared up, you know, guns and everything, and he's just tagging along, you know, doing what he can do. Never Carrying a grocery, grocery bag of plastic explosives, you know, like <laughs> went, went, went from screaming has been, you know, in the, in the van to charging through the middle of the, uh, this combat zone. <laughs> I see a t-shirt in the work of his name all over it with a picture of Idris Alba on it. <laughs> all right. That's great conversation on suicide squad. We hope you guys enjoyed it. So let's move on to our next topic. We're going to be jumping into the controversy that's surrounding uh, one of the Marvel heroes and actress Scarlett Johansson. She is suing Disney because Disney diverted from their original plan with the Black, uh, Black Widow movie. Originally, she's supposed to get a portion of the profits from the theatrical-only release of Black Widow, and then... That was in 2019. Then we have uh, the pandemic came along, which pushed uh, pushed the movie back to this past July. 
and it opened simultaneously uh, on Disney Plus, right? And uh, in the theaters. And the movie did decent, you know, especially in relation to a pandemic, but Disney kept the same contractual uh, language for that movie in, in regards to her pay. So she didn't get paid nearly as much as she would have if uh, the movie had been a theatrical only release. Because I think um, it, it was pretty, a lot of people watched it through streaming only on uh, Disney plus. So those people didn't go to the theater and that's where she's getting her compensation from. So she decided to uh, sue Disney um, because they would not work with her uh, on her contract. She had, bef uh, before the movie released, she went, uh, had her lawyers contact Disney um, to see if they would rework the compensation package, which, which would give her uh, a share of the streaming from what we understand, from uh, that they would not even talk to her lawyers. They, they basically just closed the door on her and ignored her request and, and whatnot. So she sued them. So that's where we stand right now. Thoughts? I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and plead ignorance to a lot of what's going on with the actual contract and uh, where, like what the, what the legalese in the contract, I've not read it. I don't know if that's out there. You guys know if there's a leak or if it's been out, it's been released that we could oh, read the, yeah. uh, so yeah. my, I'm going to tell you like a hundred percent of the time, uh, my inclination is going to be to, uh, support the person before the company. And I definitely, uh, feel that way with, uh, with our, our buddy ScarJo, right? But, uh, what I don't know and what I'm curious about is Tony, you mentioned before we uh, started recording that they did go to the rock about the is it there's a movie called jungle cruise yeah jungle yeah. cruise mm -hmm. right so, so jungle <clears throat> cruise released a couple weeks ago uh, uh, probably like three or four weeks after black widow and it was also uh released in theaters and on disney plus and unlike uh black widow disney executives approached the rock and offered to restructure his contract i don't know if they saw what happened what was going on with jo scarlett johansson and decided that they better do right by the rock and go ahead and get this knocked out uh instead of uh, risking him being upset with and uh maybe him taking them to court too so we have uh, scarlett johansson that they pretty much ignored and then we have the rock who they've kind of you know worked with to rework his conversation package uh, we don't know if his co-star, Emily Blunt, uh, is also a major uh, Hollywood star, uh, if she also uh, had her contract we work. Not a good look for Disney. You're doing it for one. You're not doing it for the other. Hint the sexism, I have no idea, but it's not a good so, look. When you first told us about that, Tony, I was thinking, and this is not even like just, uh, you know, in sports, we call it the eye test. I th I would think that The Rock would be more valuable with Scarlett Johansson. So I so it's like so let's say you have somebody who I don't really feel is going to bring in the numbers. It's like okay, I'm probably just going to let you sue me and whatever money we get from you know your movie whatever, then we'll just pay you off whatever. But The Rock is like he's almost like it right now. 
you know, so it's like, I'm going to go cater to him because I probably have a good 10, 15 more movies out of him that are going to do well versus Scarlett Johansson. That would be my guess, you know, as far as, you know, why they will, like, you know, kind of go to him and, you know, like, okay. Because, I mean, you figure in, in history, first person never really gets the settlement. It's always everybody after that person would have like that. So, like, you have to take this, you have to eat the egg, egg to the face, whatever like that, and then we'll, you know, we'll do right by everybody else, you know, so... She's in a tough situation, but it's like, we're talking about millions of dollars. I mean, once it crosses the threshold of 20 or 30, I'm probably not going to send my lawyers after. I'm going to go show up at the office. Like, that's double-digit millions. Like, that's like retirement for the average person. So, I mean. That's actually, Vance, I think you and I have a similar perspective on this. I think that, I think maybe with a, just a little bit different uh, reasoning or uh, where we think it's going, I would expect, I, I read a year or two ago that like the rock was like the highest paid actor in Hollywood. I remember reading that because that's like the craziest thing ever, because I'm still, I still picture him and him asking me if I smell what he's cooking. Right. Like that's what, that's what, uh, that's what I remember. That's like when I think the rock, I think that black speedo, I think of that, uh, you know, that uh, bull bull tattoo, the eyebrow thing, or that's what I think of. But apparently he's like the biggest movie star. So yeah. what I what I think is that they're she they know that that's going to be the norm that they're going to have to pay out the streaming a cut of the streaming too, and when ScarJo came to get her cut, they didn't have a proper valuation, and they didn't know where to value that for her. But when they go to the biggest star or the highest earning star of recent years, that's a level set, right? Like right. if The Rock is going to get this percentage. Then, you know, and he's, you know, worth, you know, however many viewers to them, then right. they will build the scale from the top down. Right. And I, I, I expect that there's a shot that that's the case. You know, also maybe Disney's just a piece of garbage company and, and we'll see what happens. I'll have another rant like I love to do about garbage companies, but I'm, I'm not ready to do that yet. I expect that. And I don't know, like the whole shutter lawyers out, maybe. And maybe it was because we're working on the rocks thing. We'll get to you later. And it could be, like you said, like the sexism thing. I mean, that's very much seems to be alive and well around the world. And I think logically I can, I can expect a different uh, path for this negotiation. And that's with the rock getting his deal first. And then these other deals being based off of, uh, of of what cut of cut he's getting. Right. So let me put this in, into perspective for you how big marvel is and how crappy uh space jam did like because a uh, space jam the budget was 150 they've only made 145 so far it still beat out black widow i think like two weeks so and, and mind you black widow i think it was 200 uh million budget 367 uh is what it made so far whatever like that so it still made more money than space jam but in two particular weeks people wanted to go to see space jam and mind you they both uh space jam was released also in theater and HBO Max, um, you know, streaming service. So it's kind of like if you let somebody who doesn't really have a bigger, a bigger kind of following like LeBron to bring the draws, you know, to bring the masses out to go to the theater, then you have somebody like The Rock, like everything he touches is gold. Like um, his his stuff that he releases even on Under Armour sells out in seconds. You know, so it's like, so he has this backing behind him. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, eh, you know, so... I don't know, but she does have, you know, I mean, she does have legs stand on in the fight, you know, I mean, definitely go get your money, you know, like, like, you know, a contract is a contract, you know? So I'm not going to pretend like 
sexism in like the film industry isn't real because it 100% is real. You look at Scarlett Johansson and you see her upset that her movie was supposed to be released only in theaters while her perception of it was only supposed to be in theaters. And then Disney turns around and says, oh, hey, by the way, we're going with a hybrid release movie streaming service. Um, the difference between Black Widow and Space Jam is Black Widow was actually released on Disney Plus, which you have to pay thirty dollars, right, to watch it. Space Jam was free. Right. Same thing with Suicide Squad; it was free. You didn't have yep. to pay anything just to watch Wait, it. Like the first, how do you have to pay thirty dollars to watch it? Is that the yeah, same? It's same. Oh, it's on. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, same thing that they did with Mulan, Jungle Cruise. Um, uh, so Cruella, like I Cruella. have Disney Plus and then I still have to pay money is what you're saying? Correct, right. yes. Oh, I so didn't know that. So that is, that is where she did get that extra income. But she what she's saying is, is I, I just pulled it up right here. She's basically saying because it went through a hybrid release that she lost out on $50 million. And just, okay, think about it. One of the highest paid actors is like Robert Downey. And the most he got paid per film, now he will get royalties and stuff like that, I believe was like $50 million. Or Will Smith is actually the highest paid at like, a hun- at like 120. He did, he did something that was like 120 million. I cannot remember. Yeah. But, um, but her saying that she lost $50 million by it only being released, by it being released on streaming and theaters, I think that's a little bit of an overestimation. But... I wanted to kind of make a connection between her and Dwayne. There's there's two different distinctions that can be made when it comes to them. And it's not that she's, I'm not trying to touch on male, female kind of thing. She's an amazing actress and he's an amazing actor. Whenever you look at what each person brings to the table, what Scarlett Johansson is bringing to the table is the face of Black Widow. She's bringing the talent. She's bringing literally everything that she's started. She started the, the wave of Black Widow. How, how far can she ride this wave? All solely depends on how far Disney wants to take it and how far she wants to take it. When it comes to Dwayne, he has seven buck productions. He stars in every single one of his, his, his movies. And whenever you look at like Jungle Cruise, probably the main reason why he was so quick to get a contract restructure was because his, his production company that he started was a major producer of the film. Disney Disney was like the one who backed it, but his company is the one that produced it. They're the ones bringing funding to it so he can actually do this. Mm. Now, is it just him necessarily? No, he, they're bringing in everybody. But when it comes to what Disney was seeing, who what could be brought more to the table, I would kind of think that a production company who they want to use in the future is definitely going to make this bigger wave that they do not even want to go against. Mm, true. I like the insight. I like the insight. Tony, what you got? What you got? Well, I love all you guys' points. Um, especially Clint, uh, I think you I think you uh you hit on something there that um, when you were talking about uh, setting a, uh, a benchmark for the hybrid compensation there, because when Black Widow was uh, originally supposed to be released, you know, in theaters only, it was a Marvel movie. It's going to make a billion dollars, right? It was never going to be a question that she was going to get her money or what she, uh, what she, was, uh, what she deserved to, to earn. Uh, but now with, you know, post-pandemic or still pandemic, uh, and the new 
hybrid, all the all the companies are still trying to figure out, you know, this new world of entertainment that we're living in, and how, you know, and how to how to deliver it. And we don't even know if theaters are going to be around, you know, in ten years' time. It, it could be a, a dying model, and streaming only is the, is the future, which I, they would love because they have more control over their product and they're going to make more profit of it. So they definitely want to seize upon that, but uh, not having uh, a real roadmap to go by. Uh, I think you're, yeah, I think you're probably right about they're kind of caught, they're caught off guard uh, with what more with black widow earned, because that was really the first big blockbuster that was going to run in a po pandemic era. Cause they had been pushing them back for months and months and months. It's the first big one. Uh, Marvel movie to come to the theaters and it didn't do a whole lot, you know, a couple hundred million dollars, nowhere near the 800 to 1 billion that they were, they were reeling in before. So I think they got caught with the pants down. Um, I think it's a uh, reflection. Also, Disney has new leadership uh, that's been over there for less than a year. And um, they're coming under a lot of criticism for really not, having good rapport with the, uh, the, the content makers, the, 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 the actors and stuff. They're more of a numbers, numbers type of guy. And, uh, I, I think this is kind of a blowback from having a bad relationship with their employees and kind of getting caught off guard with, uh, with Scarlett Johansson's, uh, suit. Because I figured they probably just thought that, uh, she wasn't going to do anything. She, oh, I understand. I understand it's pandemic. Uh, I'll take what I can get and move on, right? But obviously, they they were wrong. So now they're trying to make up for it, probably. But yeah, that's my take. I, I I think it all kind of boils down to uh, some bad leadership, in my opinion, uh, at Disney. Well, and Paige said something that got me thinking. Have you guys ever read about Hollywood accounting? Is that a phrase? Okay. Hollywood accounting, there's, uh, I think even, is the movie called, like, The Producers? They they basically say, like, the whole premise of the, the, the movie is that they could make more money off of a flop than by a success. And uh, and I, I don't even know, I can't remember the movie. In general, Hollywood accounting works, that basically Hollywood accounting puts uh, Pentagon accounting to shame, <laughs> where it's... Uh, basically, they'll no matter how much money a movie makes, they will say that it didn't make money, right? They will find all these ways to turn a big number into a small number for their books, and then they pay the actors after that. And the difference, uh, again, uh, I'm gonna just go ahead again and talk about in ignorance because this is not something that I'm very familiar with. But uh, I believe when they say like the actors are getting points on it. Like, how many points are you getting on this film? That is supposed to be a reference to gross figures. Again, ignorant. Um, but uh, what bliss. you find, it's, it is gross? It's bliss. Oh, ignorance is bliss, yes. Um, but, but I think uh, what happens is most of these actors aren't able to negotiate a, a piece of gross profit. And what they're getting is a part of net profit. And that profit is always super, super, super deflated because of that Hollywood accounting. And so, whereas I don't think that I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be that big of a lawsuit like that that that's part of it. 
is that these guys came in, maybe there was new promises or whatever that it was going to be one way, and now they're saying, no, it's going to be the way it's always been. Uh, that's not okay, right? And like a lawsuit like that, and when she says that $50 million page, um, that might be based on you know what she would expect to get before the Hollywood accounting hits, right? So I, I think, I don't know, I think there's a it's a really big deal what's happening with it and i expect that this lawsuit is not going to go to fruition it is going to be settled like i don't think there's any way this goes goes all the way through because i think there's going to be some other implications for it other than just scarjo makes her money i think it could uh, it could set some precedent that disney doesn't want to set but again why do you guys listen to me anyway to Right. Well, see, well, to, I mean, yeah, to, to that point, I mean, I do think that, um, just like, you know, Tony was saying, like, it's a Marvel movie, you know, and it's going to make money. And I mean, like, the $30 that you have to pay extra on Disney, like, a lot of people will wait, you know, it's like, ah, do I want to pay, like, uh, $30? You know, it is like, you know, for that theater experience, I mean, like, yeah, like, I'm just like, you know, my family of five, it's like, yeah, we're going to spend minimum, minimum $100. You know, and and that's just for the whole experience. Because I mean, like, if you try to watch it at home, kids gonna be doing other stuff. You know, they are gonna be running around. Like, you might even fall asleep. You know, so it's like, I mean, the the fifty million. I mean, I think could be a real number because I mean, like, I mean, like Sarah right now, it's making like you no know, three sixty seven. And if you were to cut out the streaming all together, then I mean, who knows? It could have been north of you know, like maybe four hundred. You know, four fifty something like that. So. I mean, I don't know. And I mean, you you have people who, I mean, I've told Tony that we talked to and it's like, oh, you know, they're just thinking she's being greedy. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, because I mean, no matter what your profession is, you want to get paid what you're worth, you know? So it was like, so, you know, let the people decide what I'm worth, but don't, you know, tell me that I'm not worth X minor, you know, like X, Y, and Z. Well, Vance, to your point, that's like what Paige was saying that The Rock had his, started his own production company. Um, because flat out, without exception, you never, ever, ever get paid what you are worth unless you own what you're working for. Right. Because if I'm getting paid what I'm worth, then what's left for the for the boss, right? right? And what's left for the shareholders or whoever else? So my work, my work is uh, I'm paying basically they're they're paying me enough to get done what needs to be done, and they're taking the rest. And right. I think that uh, that's that him having his own production company right. uh, is probably part of the reason that he was able to get it. So I think that was another good point. That's uh, do you guys have the numbers? Did uh, Space Jam did it do bad? Uh, yeah, right now is taking a loss, right? It was like say it was. Oh, that's you, the one forty-five out of one fifty. Yeah, one, yeah, one forty-five out of one fifty. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh... they would have expected to already been past that, I suppose. Like that's a like because it was, it's freaking LeBron James. We were expecting it to like blow it out of the water. Is that what it is? See, that's that's kind of like the argument between the old and new. But it's crazy thing is like even the one with Jordan did bad. You know, like <laughs> you know, like both Space Jams did terrible. So but I, it, you, I, better, it you better, you better, you better take that back immediately. I'm about yeah. to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that, but that Space Jam had to have like good uh, video sales, right? I mean, that was like I feel like such a big part of my childhood was that movie, yeah. and I didn't see it in theaters, you know. Right. But, um, right. it was just like we had the VHS. 
Yeah, VHS. Yeah. I, I might have had the Betamax, um, but that was uh, a big part of the sales back then. You know, and there's been like uh, cult classics, like a lot of times do real bad in theaters, but then, you know, people decide they love it over however many years. Right. Yeah. So, matter of fact, let me, um, let me ask, uh, Paige. So, so you, you said you have a background in, uh, like filmography, videography, and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So, like, um, so let's say, because, you know, I, I don't know, like I said, all right. So, when I get my child pictures from school and, you know, I'm looking at the packets and I see the pricing. What goes behind that pricing? Like as far as like DVDs and you know like size pictures and stuff like that. Like what goes into that? So a lot, a lot of it is. So let's just say you get your kids' school photos and you are basically given this list of packages. One package could be ninety nine dollars. The other package could be like. $30. The other one could be like $500. That one comes with a nice life-size poster of your kid. You yeah. can have it forever. Yeah. It's going to last forever. It's, it's memories. Basically, honestly, what you're paying for is every everything in that package maybe costs like $5. $5 worth of paper and what you're really paying for is experience. Okay. You're paying you're paying for that person and everything that person comes with. That person comes with a um, a printing service. That person comes with an editing service. That person comes with the equipment, the camera, the lighting, everything that goes into that packet. You're basically paying for that person, and that's where the that's where the bulk of the money comes because cardstock, printing paper, photo photo paper, it's cheap. All that stuff is cheap. Ink when it. Whenever you're taking the ink from one session and then spreading that over a hundred sessions, mm. that's cheap. That it, it all that is a one-time expense, but what you're paying for is the experience. Right. Same thing. Same thing that Scarlett Johansson can now say at this point. You can see everything that she's done in film. She's gone. I mean, she has an Oscar-winning film. She was in her. She was right. phenomenal in that. Wait, no. She was not in her. No, no, no. That was Olivia Wilde. Take that back. Whoops. Wrong. But no. But no. But no, no, no. Right, right. You're, 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 uh, Tony, you're, you're, don't edit that out. Okay. Just no, wait, leave, no. leave, leave, leave that no, one in. Scarlett, no, Scarlett Johansson is. She's, she plays the AI. There you go. Olivia Wilde is the girl who he goes on date with. Scarlett Johansson he, is the he AI. He brought it back around. Did anyone but Paige see that movie by show of hands? Don't, yeah, that's wait, what. Did I not see her? <laughs> no. Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson. Oh my god. It looked oh, weird, god. dude. It looked weird. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that movie is phenomenal. But what you're paying, what you're paying for with Scarlett Johansson is experience in film. So that's where that's where she can basically set her prices and stuff like that. Now, other than a company saying, "Hey, we're going to give you royalties and everything. We're going to give you one penny." on every view that is streamed on uh, any streaming service. If it's shown on TV, you're going to get 50 cents. You're going to get 1% on all like film sales and stuff like that. Now that kind of stuff can happen. Her saying that she's missing out on $50 million on it only being by it being a hybrid stream. That's kind of, to me, that's kind of like an over-exaggeration only because you look at how much money the film the film industry takes from ticket sales 
Right. They take they take not I would say ninety two percent of ticket sales. The eight percent goes back to the theater, and ninety two percent spreads out over what that film costs to make. So the editing, the exact same thing: editing, coloring. Obviously, editing is not coloring. Coloring is completely separate from editing. Um, sound, everything that goes into a movie is is basically another cost. So her right. saying that she solely is missing out on $50 million by this thing being shown on Disney plus when she was already making $30 per, per screen per showing on Disney plus. I think that's kind of an over exaggeration, but, but no, she is, she but is missing she, out on money. She did that, miss out on those ticket sales. That's how negotiation works though. If you want 20 million, you don't ask for 20, you ask for 50, give right. yourself a little bit of wiggle room, right? Like, right. Wait, I think, are you saying people exaggerate? Uh, hundred percent, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, I've not. never exaggerated a day in my life. Right, a million percent, Paige. Right, but yeah, but but it's like, but it's 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 good to to definitely you know like have you on the show because you know you bring a certain um a certain viewpoint that you know like you know the average person doesn't you know look at you know like like especially like with that with that background that you do have so you know like you know i i wanted to ask you that question because i wanted people to understand what goes into something so what somebody might set their worth at so it's not just like oh well this person just asked for this no like there's a lot that goes on and you know like you said the way that um uh, what's um is a blood sport blood sport idris elba yeah and um the way that he 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 you know responds like yeah you know it's like you didn't like that you know what i'm saying but it's 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 you know <laughs> okay because that goes back you know to our single player guys games and stuff you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but 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 yeah but but yeah but i i definitely wanted the the people to hear that you know side of it you know all right great discussion on the situation with scarlett johansson and disney Let's move on to our next topic. It's a question yeah. of what if. What if. So Clint and I well, you have, uh, have uh, yet to dive into this next. Wait, there's a new Marvel franchise? It's maybe not a franchise, there but is. next show debut. There's a new show? It's what if. What if. What if there was a new show and I didn't even know it came out? I, mm, I expect yeah. more from you, Clint. Just, just, just so you know, Tony. You know, he always a day late, dollar short. You know, but you, Clint, I expect there was so much. Well, more. I've had this family around. See, it's been, uh, you know, basically, basically a dad lately. You know, so <laughs> let me have my excuse this time, guys. Come on, it's been a, you know, rough, uh, rough couple of weeks on this old man over here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Paige and Vance, why don't you guys get us caught up on What If? So I just know the show, but uh, Paige can give definitely a deeper background than I can of What If is. Cool. So What If is the brand new anthology coming straight out of uh, Marvel on Disney Plus. And what each, so it's, it's one episode a week. And What If is touching on topics of taking the superheroes like let's just, okay i'll just talk about episode one episode one is about captain america but what if uh steve rogers wasn't the one who got the serum to turn him into captain america what if the bombs that ultimately went off in that um lab 
uh, shortly after Steve Rogers was uh, turned into this super soldier, what if the bombs went off before he went into that um, that capsule and he got injured? What if Peggy was the one who actually got into the capsule and turned into this Captain America? What it, and it it's it's really cool because it's asking like what if this happened opposed to what actually happened and you're going to see that from week to week um i actually i had it pulled up here a second ago and it's like episode one is about what if uh peggy turned into uh captain america episode two what um what would happen if t'challa and not peter quill was picked up by yondu as a child just just these just these little things that could that could have happened and ultimately changed the entire timeline of how uh, the Avengers came about. So I think this is going to be a really cool anthology and I honestly can't wait for season or episode two. So, so each episode is a, is a standalone about one of the characters and they're not directly tied to each other in like a linear way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, so that just because something happens in just because uh, Peggy is now Captain America, and just because T'Challa got picked up, is, doesn't mean it's going to affect all the other ones. No, this is just a standalone "what if" situation. St- episode starts, episode ends, everything goes back to normal. Only because these are just "what if" scenarios, and we actually have these stories to back it up. These are just honestly, it's a great t- it's a great title to the show. It's literally just called "What If." Right. And that's yeah. all you're asking the entire episode. Yeah, like what if, and it's and 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 it's so cool with the first uh with the first episode. You know, I don't spoil anything, but you have to think about like, um, you know, like when it began for like you no know, um, uh, Rogers, and what time frame it was. So now that Peggy has these powers, what barriers and stuff do you think she had to go through because she is a woman in the military? You know, at that point in time. So it's it's definitely pretty good. You know, check it out. You know, this sounds really cool. Actually, this reminds me, and I've mentioned it to, I think to Tony a few times. Uh, Vance, I think you've told me you haven't watched it, but correct me if, if that's the case. Paige, have you seen Black Mirror? Yeah, I have. I have. Yes. Black Mirror is a Netflix exclusive. That's like the same way. It's all these standalone episodes, but it's. It's really it's like loosely on this because it's like there's they're in their own universe, but it's all like a different director, different uh, location, different actors, different, you know, everything, um, every episode. And some of them are trash and some of them are absolutely amazing, but it's like so cool to watch that show. Um, and this sounds like it's like a Twilight Zone. What's the other one? You uh, Warehouse 13. Is that what it's called, Tony? Oh, yeah. With the artifacts. Yeah, like this is, I think this is like, this, this premise has been used before, uh, but for a, like a big you know, franchise like Marvel to do it is really cool. I can't believe this wasn't on my radar like at all. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. Did you actually hear? That's the one problem with it, with the name of it being what if. Like, yeah. you could say what if, and then I'm just like, yeah, cool, what if what, man? Right? And then uh, you might have said it to me, and I was just like, I don't know, Vance is having a stroke over there or something, you know? Like, put your hands over your head. Um, 
Sorry. Uh, so what Clint was basically talking about, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, uh, basically that show just takes different technologies that we currently use today, whether it's um, like video ca- like uh, webcams or different like uh, video games or stuff like that. And it takes like the most extreme route of how that technology can go wrong. If you were to uh, base this show, What If, off something, I would say it's more close to... Uh, Love, Death, and Robots, the uh, animated series that Netflix has put out. Uh, it's also an anthology uh, cartoon series, but every episode is completely different uh, to um, the one to to the one that you just saw. And each character, like cartoon style, is also uh, completely different. So one episode you'll have like this really heavy CGI, and it just looks visually stunning. The next one could just be like this watercolor style cartoon animation and i don't know if what if is going to be trying that to where it's like a different animation style to where like some like illustrator it, like they have a different illustrator per uh, episode but if it's the same illustrator from episode to episode then you're going to see the same animation you're going to say the same the same cartoon like the cartoonistic style um throughout the entire thing but uh love death and robots had a different illustrator from each for each episode so every episode is completely different from like visually from what you're currently watching this this sounds pretty amazing actually so i don't even like marvel that much and i want to watch this uh, i think it's a, a kind of a continuation it sounds like a continuation of the theme uh with the multiverse you know kind of plays right into that we right. we, we saw that with loki Apparently, the we have the Doctor Strange feature film coming up in February. Uh, that's probably going to have a lot of that in it. So they're really prepping us to basically like giving us training wheels and like getting us up to speed on to be able to like traverse this this universe of multi universes and try and keep up. So it's a it's a pretty pretty good idea. So this wouldn't be a video game podcast if we didn't at least go around <laughs> and talk about what games we're playing right now, real quick. Vance, what are you playing? Oh man! So I downloaded Back for Blood. I have not played it yet, but I did download it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to download it on the PlayStation. I think uh, the beta might be closed for open now. I think it's for the pre-order uh, pre-order people now. Uh, the beta on Xbox is open for Game Pass uh, Game users, Pass. so okay. I did I did play it on uh, on Xbox. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm at the I'm at the get on that name because I do uh I do have a download on the Xbox, but um I play that uh uh yeah I've tried <laughs> I tried the Zoo Simulator you know I try I try that you know a little bit you know um. Yeah, man, that's that's new. Whatever, blame, but I'm still uh still on the 2K, but not as heavy. Not 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 as heavy. I've been uh I've been um you know looking at the library a little bit more on the Xbox and um man, Ascent, man. Like if you've never played Ascent, man, like download it, man. It's it's <laughs> download. It's 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 pretty fun once you. Tony had to tell me like the mechanics. I'm like, yo, like I'm first person shooter, you know, left trigger, right trigger, let's go. But this is what you have to what, hold it in the direction you want to shoot or something like that. It's it's different. Yeah, it's shooter. different. Yeah, but definitely give it a try though. Definitely give it a try. 
Clint, what about you? Uh, well, I played Back for Blood, and we've talked about that quite a bit lately, and uh, I think we all shared a, a pretty decent amount of excitement for it. And uh, I played it, and I, I it was not very good. It was just uh, boring. For me, a big part of playing a zombie kind of game like that is the movement, and the movement in it is really, really bad. the the gun The gun mechanics are are, I think, pretty good. One thing, like playing on the controller, the aim assist that you get with no perks or anything related to it is like as good as the craziest hacks I've ever seen someone have on Warzone. Like it <laughs> like to the point where I can't even like I, my screen didn't even refresh from me going from a guy on the left side all the way over to the right. Like I wasn't even aiming remotely close to a person, but I know my uh you know like just with Deadshot Daiquiri on on Call of Duty, just spam those triggers back and forth, man, and I was just everyone was dying um but the movement's not good and like the way that the zombies interact with you i didn't think was very good and uh and you can't hear them at all either like they'll just you, suddenly you'll just be getting hit from behind and it's not like there's not they're just randomly there you know like i'd be set up for a spot for you know three minutes four minutes while we're you know as a team trying to complete this objective and then randomly there's zombies behind me. I'm like, why? Like, where did they come from? And why did they only come after three or four minutes? Like, I kind of just would expect that there would be some consistency with how they'd spawn. Uh, so I just, that kind of bugged me. And I, I completed the first map with some randoms. I also, I, I don't expect this is going to be much of a single player game. It looks like what they want you to do. The, they give you too few bullets in your magazines it seems to like to do it as a solo. Like I would expect that you're like, you'd have to have bots or, um, <clears throat> or, uh, you know, teammates, but even the bots, man, in the, when I had a bot before it like joined me with people, the bot was shooting nonstop. Like, and I had some, some like 180 kills or something like that. And the bot had 450 like, kills and it was just shooting randomly into walls and into the ground and stuff like that. Like he was just always doing it. There's a couple like clipping issues. It's a beta, so like that kind of stuff not doesn't bother me as much. But the stamina bar I thought was was too small. Like and maybe it's just that I'll have to relearn to play this type of game. But yeah, I I, I just shut it off. I just turned off my uh, Xbox early. Like after I did that one, I was just like, nah, I'm done. Like I played that w the one completion, and then like today I I went back for the first time in a few weeks or a month, maybe more than that, and played Call of Duty Zombies for a little bit, you know. And uh, it was I you know I think it's better. It's it's a different game, obviously, but uh, I appreciated the mechanics a lot more than I did in the Back for Blood beta. And then I played Civilization and got over 50,000 gold. That's right. On the second from hardest difficulty, slayed it. I was very excited about it. I texted Tony, and he didn't understand the text. <laughs> right. I'm like, what am I looking at? 
Um, uh, ownage, I think is how they how the kids say it. You own those NPCs. <laughs> I did. Um, speaking of, next week, you guys need to go watch Free Guy. Amazing movie. Amazing. Free Guy. And it's not on streaming services, so you have to go to the theater. I'm going to get a text in like 20 minutes that tells me it's trash and we'll have another argument. It's an amazing movie. I um, think it looks super good. I'd like yeah. to see that one. I've watched it twice already. So, uh, Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no problem. Um, what have I played? I've played the Back for, Blood, uh, Back for Blood beta on PS5. And Clint, I'm going to have to totally agree on every single point that you made. I was so underwhelmed. It's just not good. It's just not good. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Did you you pre-ordered it? I have not pre-ordered it. Uh, I, okay. I was. I had every intention of buying this game, uh, but now after playing the beta, I am like, yeah, I'll just stick with the Game Pass um, at best because it is not ready for prime time. It's coming out in a month, and it is like, yeah, I totally agree. Like I. This, the audio is horrible. Um, yeah. The movement is, I mean, it, it, it's it's like you're floating across the ground, like, you know, and, and I, I just, I couldn't get into it. Um, the card system, which was, uh, was something I was excited about, was pointless. I'm like. Trash. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, that's it? I'm like, I get one card that's going to affect my gameplay uh, from my deck. I mean, I, I did not enjoy it um, at all. Very disappointed. So they need to pick like six to eight months and figure something Easy. out. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Paige, uh, I know you've got, uh, you know, like two, broke thumbs. two broke thumbs. Two broke thumbs. But on this podcast, you can't use those excuses. I mean, <laughs> you've got toes, right? What have you been playing? <laughs> I, I, I do I, I do have toes. Okay, so as of recently, I have not been uh, streaming any video games. Unfortunately, it uh, just a uh, just a lot going on. So I do I do have uh, one broken thumb currently casted. The other one is in a uh, splint. Um, so when it comes to moving the joysticks on a controller, it doesn't exactly work. So what I've been doing is I've kind of just been brushing up on on uh, just some streamers who actually do play video games. Uh, just watching some people uh, play like the new season of Apex, uh, play the new season of uh, Warzone, stuff like that. Um, it kind of just really makes me ready for, gets me ready for when I'm going to be playing Apex again. Uh, we'll probably not be playing Warzone. Um, I mean, unless just I have some friends who want to play or just goof around because honestly, Warzone right now is like the equivalent of just goofing around. Uh, just so many, uh, so many, there's so many like hackers in the game that have just been not making the game fun. And I've actually been seeing that through some of the streamers who are just kind of just like ruining the experience of, yeah, you watch one Warzone game, it's gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna watch it a thousand more times. But I mean, there's something different that happens in every Warzone game to where it's like a different situation. You learn from something new. Um, but from what I'm seeing when it comes to Apex, there there are still cheaters, hackers in that game. Um, but it you can you can hack in that game all you want, but when it comes to a skill based game that is Apex, when it comes to all movement, you can hack all day long, but 
there's always going to be somebody better than you who's going to outmaneuver you in that game. So if you have like this, this wall hack in Apex, yeah, you can have a wall hack in Apex, but if you can, if you can't kill the guy who you're about to go up against, then what does it matter? So a I lot, saw... a lot of people. A lot of people have mastered their movement in Apex and have just like mastered how they play that game. So I'm really excited to actually get back into Apex because this new season looks really cool. Now Seer is waiver powered, and I cannot wait for the nerf to come out uh, and actually see what they do with the nerf. But um, some some of the characters got a buff, some of them got nerfed, and you know what? I'm ready to actually play some different characters instead of just playing. Um, uh, instead of just playing Seer and um, like, was it Crypto? Crypto is a new one who I would like to actually get get back into play. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited. See, um, I I downloaded Apex before, but like that, and I think I might have played it once, and I was like, yeah, I downloaded again like two or three days ago played you know so but i do see um a lot more people streaming apex and um what is it about really man because because like you know i went there and went through the tutorial like that and i played the match it was just like i don't know you know <laughs> there i i'd like to say there is a huge difference i mean yeah it is a still a battle royale but I think with Warzone, there is more of a luck factor instead of a skill factor. Yeah, there are some, um, there are some streamers who are incredibly good at Warzone. I watch, um, I watch Z Laner. I watch Destroy. I watch Oak. I watch all these guys who are actually like, is it Major League COD players? I don't know, but they're in tournament after tournament after tournament. Right. At the top some of them the game. do well, some of them do bad. Some of them are incredible during stream because they're playing with their friends and they're just doing what they do best. But whenever they get into this tournament setting, they kind of... They don't exactly perform the way that they do whenever they're having more fun. They're right. actually performing... They're performing for the cash prize at the end opposed to just doing what they do best, enjoying, enjoying each other's company and actually just going for the dub. But... I think with Apex, I think you're going to see a little bit more of a skill because it is a movement-based game. One movement right can actually affect how someone else is shooting you. And I watch, I throw out a couple of streamers, um, Otter or uh, probably Garrett, those guys super heavy into movement because you're going to see them dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. And, you, and you're basically watching the screen go left, right, left, right, up, down, left, right, and you can't basically focus because they're, they have that movement that has just been so dialed in and it just works for them because if you're looking at that person through your screen, that person is literally all over the place and you, and you can't lock onto them if you have that form of, um, what is it, the controller? Aim, it's not, it's not aim, aim assist. So... Um, I think I think uh, I think Apex is a little bit more skill based. And Paige, I actually and Vance, I I think I can do a little bit to explain it as someone who's played Warzone quite a bit. And then I actually yesterday played Apex with Jason because he was texting me like, "Man, this is so good." There's a three v three arena mode, so it's not even yeah. a battle royale. You can get in there, and if you die right away, which uh, is all that happened when I tried to play Apex a few months ago. Uh, you just respawn and it's another round, right? And it's a round-based thing. But um, 
because most of the guns don't like it and you have to upgrade them as you go but they don't have enough in a clip to kill a person even if you hit every bullet like at the start like there's if there's if they have the appropriate amount of armor so you're going through and you can't just you know fire 10 or 15 shots their way and they're down you're on to the next one it's that you have to put your clip into them then you have to reload or switch weapons or whatever and then put more bullets into them and I think that time and the time to kill being so much higher does really force the movement. Um, I also feel like flanking and things like that are a lot easier in Apex than Warzone because the movement is so much better. So like there's the awareness aspect of it. Um, I think it requires a lot more for that. But I, I played it with uh, Jason on, uh, on Xbox uh, yesterday. And it was a lot of fun. And whenever he gets on, uh, I'll uh, I'll text you. you. You can come play it with us in this arena mode, dude. Because it is legit. Like, it's a fun time. And yeah. uh, we won a couple of them. Like, I got, like, an ace on one of these. Like, my, like, the first game I go out there, I'm like, what button do I push for this? What button do I push for this? And then the second game, I went out there and killed all three of the guys on the team one of the times just because I had a good flank, you know? Like, um, and then, of course, got murdered a bunch. But... Even having like being a low skill apex player, I was still able to find some ways to shine, um, and I really liked that too. Like I think that made it fun, uh, and of course I'm sure it's skill based matching uh, matchmaking me against low skill guys also. But uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth. I, like I did the battle royale a few months ago, garbage, garbage from as someone who doesn't know how to play the game, doesn't know how to shoot like a thousand bullets to get a kill. You know, very different mechanics, but the arena mode, and maybe the arena mode is an introduction to the battle royale uh, down the road. Uh, arena arena mode is real good. Shoot up. So, have you played in uh, um, Apex, Tony? Uh, I've played it before. I played it with uh, Clint a year <clears throat> or so ago, uh, but I haven't played it since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh, <laughs> oh, hey, Paige. Uh... Tony is always ahead of his time. I don't know if he told you, but he actually bought the hard copy of Fortnite when it first released. Fortnite hipster. Original disc version. Was, uh, oh my goodness. Before it was a Hey, real quick to, to go back before we wrap it up. Um, to your point about the hackers in Warzone, I saw a video where this uh, gentleman was using... Uh, Google Analytics, and he showed that since this migration away from Warzone to Apex has happened, uh, the searches for Apex cheats and hacks had gone up 650%. So it'll be, we'll see how long, uh, you know, if, or if Apex does a better job of controlling that. But I absolutely agree with you that. Uh, a hacker, when it's you versus the hacker in Warzone, you almost have no shot, right? If they have the good hacks, right? You could have 0% chance. But in Apex, I don't know about the hacks, but your point of the movement being so important, I absolutely can see uh, you being able to use that to your advantage to help like increase your percentage of you points against a hacker. Nothing's going to change until you start banning IPs opposed to actual accounts. Uh, they'll just use a VPN, dude. If you can afford a VPN, then sure, purchase yeah. a VPN, and I think can, they're you can hack you can hack your way into Warzone. 
I, I think they're hardware banning them with this new anti-cheat technology that's apparently just absolute trash. There's like, no anti-cheat coming. They don't care. They're getting their money based. They're getting their money the exact same way right. Fortnite gets their the exact same way Fortnite gets their money. Right. They're getting it off skins. They're getting it off bundles. They do not care. People are still <laughs> going to play to Call podcast? of Duty because people <laughs> love people people Preach. love Call people love Call of Duty. No one is going to stop playing Call of Duty. Now I will right. tell you this: all this streaming of Apex and Call of Duty is about to go downhill. By eighty percent, only because you have Halo Infinity coming out. You have uh, Battlefield, the new Battlefield game coming out. That new Battlefield is going to be awesome. And you know what? Kudos to them for not putting a battle royale in and only sticking to their con- like their conquest mode. That is true Battlefield game. Like that's the true. That, if you want to be a Battlefield player. You're going to play Conquest and you're going to play Team Deathmatch. You're going to do these things to where you actually have to work together with your team. Right. Not 4v4, 3v3, 1v1. No, Wait. you're going to have 120 people on one server, 60 on one team, 60 on other. The map is going to be leveled. Buildings are going to be falling and people are going to be dying. That is what Battlefield is, especially when it comes to tanks, mm-hmm. when it comes to flying, and it comes to driving. Right. We just hey, had a discussion oh, about... Right. Um, we just had this discussion with the new portal system on Battlefield, uh, how uh, streamers should love that system because they're going to be able to set up whatever map, whatever game mode, customize it however they want. Me, you know, one the, the streamer versus, uh, you know, 64, you know, uh, what, you know, people that watch them, you know, customize it however they want for uh, community building like uh, you haven't seen before, you know, just the customization. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of people uh, streaming Battlefield 2042. So I, I disagree. It only in part. I think there's going to be a huge splash. Um, my expectation is it's not going to be anywhere near the the viewer count in any or any longevity. I think maybe high viewer count at the start. I think there's going to be no longevity to streaming this game. And the reason is the stakes. If you have a 60-60 game, you got a 50% shot of winning it. If you're playing solo Warzone, you're going in there with less than a 1% chance uh, to win that game. And that feeling, you know, that you get, like if I win a game and in a, in a, my team wins versus another team and it was 50-50, like, oh, well, I, you're not going to get a reaction out of me. Like I've rarely had like crazy reactions from winning a multiplayer game as much as I love multiplayer. Um, in Warzone, like, uh, man, I feel like I can almost remember every single win because the stakes are so much higher. And I think that's going to what be what drives the viewers. So uh, them not having a, multi, a battle royale, um, I don't know if that's going to be long term. We've talked about that, where I think that's potential that it comes later. And I think if it doesn't come later, then you're going to have a short lived game uh, that they're going to have trouble keeping alive. And it's going to be people going back to Apex or going to whatever the next one is going to be this battle royale has been out man for it's been years that it's been gripping people and it's like it it it, that battle royale that started maybe what like seven or eight years ago it started getting real big and it has not like dropped like it has not stopped it's just keeps it's maintaining this huge following and it just when it's not this game it's the next game but it seems to be always a battle royale 
And I, I, I don't even know which one I prefer. I, I, I prefer winning a battle royale. I don't know if I prefer playing a battle royale, you know, like that it takes so long. It's such an investment, but that's what people want when they're watching. You know, I don't have to do any of the work and I can get some of that serotonin at the end, you know, uh, and as a, a, a couch potato, uh, I'm feeling it, man. You know, that like I'd rather watch that, you know, for 20 minutes for a win than watch, you know, a 10, 20, 30, 40 minute, however long it's going to be for 60 for 60. And I imagine a lot of the viewers would, would feel the same way. Yeah, but I I I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I think Paige has has definitely a good point because the thing is, like, you have to figure, like, a lot of people, like, you have a lot more gamers than you do, let's say, streamers. So it's like, do I have time to go and cheat? No. Do I have time to go, you know, and keep up with the battle passes and the battle skins and all that? No. You know, so it's like, so Battlefield, like, that's all I've heard everybody talk about is like battlefield like i rarely 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 hear anybody say hey man you know that new war zone you know but battle pass is coming out it's like they know what's coming out they're like okay what's the meta and people don't have time to keep up with it like hey man no this gun is not it i'll try this gun i'll try this you like man i'm so tired of that but battlefield is you know now we're talking strategy we're talking about you know teams coming in and i mean the battle royale i i don't see it coming to battlefield only because of like you have to really shrink it so small where now you're pulling out vehicles which sets it apart. You like certain things you have to pull out to make it fit into the envelope of Battle Royale. And I just don't think that's Battlefield's thing, you know, like to start taking away of what everybody is yeah. waiting on. And that's a like, great say, point. You, you know, you have Halo coming up, you know, and I think both of those are two great games. And I mean I mean, just like you know, when um like, I think like the Master Chief collection recently dropped or something like that, like there were like a lot of streamers streaming that. They had a lot of views because people are waiting on Halo. Like like just like they were waiting on a uh, Cyberpunk, they're waiting on Halo. Like <laughs> we waiting on it. You know, so I mean I definitely think it's gonna be a surge of, you know, um like uh, streams and stuff with the battle, uh battlefield and the Halo. So I mean, I'm excited for it. Warzone, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely see. I, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's it is a fifty fifty win lose situation when it comes to Battlefield, um, but at the same time, it is two different, completely different um, contents. You have um, you have people who are basically just going objective based games with Battlefield with Battlefield going from A, B, and C, trying to defend each defend each one stuff like that. Um, a lot of people we've, I guess, a lot of people have just been catered, catering to their viewers. Which I mean, you really should. If if your viewers want to watch a certain um, content, then obviously that's the stuff you're going to stream. Right now, what people want to watch is Warzone, and that's all it's been. Nothing really has come out within this past year or two years. I would say even, I would probably even say three years, that people actually want to see. Yeah, you see the major league gamers who, yeah, I mean, they do um, 5v5 uh, team deathmatch or just like um, AB objectives, but no one's really, you're not really seeing the huge turnout that those people are expecting. You're seeing the people who stream this daily, I'm just going to reference Dr. Disrespect. You see him every day. Do you think people are watching him to win? No. Do you think people are watching him to play Warzone? No. They're watching him because he's Dr. Disrespect. He doesn't care. Like, they don't care if he wins, loses, does terrible during the game. 
they're looking for that rage out moment that Doc just did because he doesn't understand why he just died. He just died. And he's just sitting there flipping out or drooling on stream. So I, I so, so I, so I really think whenever Battlefield comes out, you're going to, you're going to bring a different wave of people to watch your content. Stone Mountain is a great streamer. Does he win? Is he the exact same thing as Doc? He's the exact same thing. They both have two different personalities. Doc does his thing. He doesn't care what he does, but he always does his thing. Stone is always always about community. He's always going to bring his viewers into what he's playing. He's also going to bring other streamers into what he's playing. He wants the other streamers who he's streaming with to actually do very well. And and Stone actually started with Battlefield. I started watching him back in 2012 whenever he first started streaming on Twitch. So seeing him go from Twitch to Facebook um, and just watching him go from game to game to game has been, like, one, really cool, And but I will continue watching what he's doing, whether it is Battlefield, whether it is Halo, whether it is Warzone. But I, I just think whenever a new game finally comes out and defeats or dethrones Warzone as this top streaming game, people want to see something different. And they're just getting really bored right now just watching the exact same thing over and over with Warzone, especially when it comes to hackers. And there, there are people who are getting really good at the game. And it's kind of, I don't want to say it's ruining it for everybody only because they don't have a ranked uh, game mode with Warzone because there are people who are really good. There's also people who are really bad. Are those people who are really good going to win every time? No. Or is the person who's really bad going to get lucky every now and then and win? Yeah, and that's going to have a great feeling to the peop to the person who just won the first game out of a hundred that he just got done playing. But <laughs> I I'm, I think I think I'm ready for some. I'm for sure ready for some new content. Yeah, and to. To your point, I just told my brother-in-law this. I played with him. Um, he only plays big map, uh, Warzone. But I looked at the stats in the barracks. He has thirty-seven wins. Mind you, he's been playing since it come out. He's he has he's only has thirty-seven wins. I have eighteen. Uh, his friend that we was playing with, he only had like maybe like eleven. But what was interesting was he had almost triple our kills. So I'm like, man, you out here killing people, but just like you know, Pedro saying it's more so of luck and like you out here you know you laying people down but it's like your teammates aren't you know ha handling business and but you know depending on how the circle moves you could be the great situation you could be the bad situation you know and i mean with battlefield and with before call of duty came out with the uh with um uh you know the battle royale um domination domination was big I mean, because now you have to really strategize like, hey, we're going to give them A, we're going to take B and C, we're going to hold them back, and that's how we're going to play, you know, the whole game. And now the other team has to find a way to get out of that spawn point without getting dropped off. And bat and Battlefield, I mean, with so many domination points, man, it's like when I first, you know, was <laughs> introduced to it, you know, through Tony, I was like, man, like, like, like this is, this is nice because now you have to decide, it's like, okay, what are we going to push? What are we going to let go? Who's going to stay back to try to, you know, hold somebody off? And it's just, I mean, the strategy is totally different than, 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 you know, Battle Royale. You know, I mean, Battle Royale, you could drop in, get your loot, get your load out, and sit there for 20 minutes because you're in the perfect spot and not see nobody until, like, the last five minutes of the game where Battlefield is always, you know, bang, 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 bang. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. All right, folks. 
that uh, that concludes uh, tonight's episode of Good Game Radio Podcast. We appreciate you uh, stopping by and taking the time to give us a listen. We also appreciate Paige dropping in and uh, joining the crew and uh, giving his opinions on Suicide Squad and uh, all the other topics that we had tonight. So again, thank you, Paige, for blessing us with your presence. And Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. So, till next week. You guys have a great week, and uh, we'll catch you later. Later. Later, dudes. Bye.